Welcome to Shofar Cape Town South Sermon Podcast. We trust that today's message will edify and strengthen your faith. For preparing us uh, for eternity. Uh, Stefan's uh, still keen to go on. He's uh, ready for eternity. Um, we had our conference over the weekend, our global conference, Shofar Conference. And so I think... Uh, I think we lost some of our people on the beaches of Strand. You know, it's a nice and warm day yesterday. But we had our conference yesterday, and um, oh, uh, I see there's a shift that has happened. I would really understand if you would want to move around to this side, since it's nice and warm on that side. Um, does someone have the remote for the aircon? Armand, can you push up the aircon for us, please? Yeah, maximum, I'd say. <laughs> Right, we've got spring weather. Last week we were like, uh, spring picnic. No, it was two weeks ago. That was last week. And then it was like rainy, right? Cape Town is caught up. It's spring today. And um, so I normally, once we've done our conference, yearly conference, I do a bit of a feedback, um, which I was going to do this morning. Um, but I, there was just something stirring in my heart over the last um, couple of weeks. And so... A lot of the speakers actually confirmed just some of the things that the Lord has been working in my heart. So I'm going to share from that, and I'll, I will sort of um, quote from some of the speakers over the weekend, but there's a specific message here. And um, yesterday, um, there was a session where Matthew and some of the Songs of the Prophets guys ministered songs at the conference, and um, I was to host that session, and then Heinrich Titus was the preacher for the session, and so um, actually I was in planning, um, my baby was going to arrive the day before the conference, so in planning I wasn't going to be at the conference because uh, baby, and then baby came a bit earlier, so I was at the conference, and so I got the session, and when I got there, they said to me, um, okay, well, won't you just introduce Heinrich and then manage the ministry afterwards as well? I was like, okay. Okay, um, I would have liked to prepare a bit more, but uh, let's, let's go for it. Let's, let's do it. And so in the middle of the message, and so we tried something a bit different at the conference this year. Um, normally we'd had a, conf- a conference in, say, Stellenbosch or Cape Town or somewhere, um, and everyone from all over would fly down. Uh, this year there were two locations, one in Pretoria and one in Cape Town. And so some of the sessions in Cape Town were streamed up to Pretoria, and some of the sessions from Pretoria were streamed down to Cape Town, so sort of a live streaming, and um, that session was a streamed one, where Heinrich Titus was in Pretoria streaming down, and like in the height of his message, um, the sort of um, stage manager person comes to me and says, uh, no, they just received the message that, um, that there was a blackout in Pretoria, <laughs> and uh, in the height of his message, uh, you know, it dropped, you know, the, the, the connection, and, and, um, and then it came back. Apparently, it was like there were five seconds left. If it didn't come back, it would have been a complete shutdown. Um, but I don't know, who, who was at the conference? Did you, did you pick up that there was like a big portion missing? Not, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Heinrich, uh, in his ministry, you know, the, like really flows in ministry. So we lost about eight minutes. Um, Hallelujah, nobody noticed. <laughs> but in any case, in that, I said the person came to me and said, there's, a, there's about five minutes buffering time. So I was like, well, I've got five minutes in my buffering time <laughs> to, to get ready and to, to, to internalize this message. And, and I, I, I just, I received the download of just what God wants to say and what he wants to do. And so I want to share some of that um, this morning. And one of the big themes of particularly that session was hope. And it's a big theme of our church and songs of the prophets and hope. And um, I'm sure all of us would be very aware of what's happening in this country, uh, both politically, economically, all levels. Um, violence, uh, it's just, it's insane. It's, in, it's really dark times, really terrible times. But at the same time, we have this truth this reality that Christ is the hope of glory, right? He's, 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 he's inside of it. He's the hope 
And that idea always blows my mind. How, how would God, the God that created the universe, the God that is, you know, he holds the universe in the palm of his hands, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the one that saved us through Jesus sending his son into the world, miracles. How, why would he choose us, really fallible people, really broken people, really, you know, imperfect? Why would he choose us to put the hope inside of us, trusting that we would spread the hope? I'm like, God, it's, I don't, I don't, like, it doesn't feel like it's this really fail-safe solution. Who's, who's had that experience? You're like, God, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure, you, you, you know, you're trusting, you're trusting me, really. You know, I don't feel like it most of the time. But yet the hope of glory is in me, right? And he's, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is in us, but it's like, unless we let him out, He's, he's really the hope is captive inside of us. Does that make sense? And so, so you've got this, this struggle because the enemy, obviously, he knows that the hope is in you. He knows that, um, that what God has given you is, is so much deeper, so much uh, more satisfying than anything in this world, right? It's, it's, it's like it answers the deep, deep questions of the heart. He, he gives us joy, which is so much greater than happiness and, and circumstantial joy and the joys of this life. It's, it's like inside of us, right? And what the enemy comes in, he, he tries to get us to focus on what we don't have, right? And he tries to sort of, you know, get our emotions down, right? I love the saying, we say, you know, happening comes from, happiness comes from a happening joy is from God. And so we've got joy. It's consistent, eternal. Nothing can shake it unless we allow the enemy to shake it, right? But it cannot be shaken. It's, it's ours. And so the enemy would try to get us to focus on other things so that he can steal our joy, right? Who's, who's recognized that? The enemy comes and he tries to get your joy because if you can get your joy, he can trick you in not living from the hope that is in you, Right? And so, and so we, need to, we need to win the battle, right? We need to win the victory in, in transferring the hope that is in us, right? And to, to not be convinced by the lies of the enemy, but to overcome his lies and to live with hope um, in everything, in anything that we do. Now, um, sometimes the, the book of Revelation says, in your presence, God... We are priests and kings. Okay, so this is, this is New Testament. We're not talking Old Testament, New Testament. So sometimes when we come into the presence of God, we take on the role of, of, of a priest. And um, if you were at conference, Heinrich, on Friday night, he came up and he shared a scripture, and there was like this lamentation. There was this, this, this real sorrow you know, godly sorrow that came over him, and he just shared, and it was such a beautiful moment where everyone's hearts just connected with the Father, and then there was just a repentance, and so Heinrich took on the role of a priest there, if you want to, that's a good example of a priest, and so, so many times we'd come into the presence of God, and you'd come as a priest, God would show you Jesus, and your heart would break, right, and, and, and that is so necessary, that is so necessary, at the conference, actually, I saw a vision um, and, you know, there's, there's a certain place where we minister one, and one to another, right? The Bible speaks about this. This is real fellowship. When we get together, there's a ministering one to, another, one to another. But I felt what is necessary is for us to break through to the heavens, right? And to transcend into what God has for us, right? And so, so that's the other side. So, and you don't really get to choose. You can just enter into the presence of God as we did in worship just now. And sometimes, you know, you just find yourself, okay, I'm a priest, right? I'm here to stand in the gap on behalf of either myself or my people or someone that I represent, uh, my colleagues or my family. I'm, I'm a priest, right? Or maybe just, I just need Jesus now. 
right? I'm just, I'm just overwhelmed by all my circumstances. I'm a priest. I need Jesus. I need, to, I need to grab hold of him. So the one is we come as priests. But then the second one, which I feel is so necessary, we are also kings in the presence of God. And Jesus is he's the king of kings. Amen? All right? He's the one, and that means... That really means that he's above all other authority. It's like a really um, practical, if you want to say, title that Jesus has. He's above all other authority. So like the president would be above the chief of police. He is of high authority. God is the ultimate authority, right? Um, and, and he gives us, as kings in his presence, instruction to effect to change into the world, Right? And so it's, it's so important that we, you know, and it's, again, I, I want to say it's not something you're like, okay, today I'm like a king before God. And now today, the next day, now I'm a priest before God. It's, it's, it's not really like that. You don't decide that, right? You just come, you connect, with, and then, okay, God said, okay, now you're a priest. Now that is, that is what is, the, the, it's like, almost like the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and he's like, okay, well, this is how you connect with me and relate with me today. But we need to be open to both. And sometimes God would take hold of you as the priest and say, okay, well, now you need to pray. You need to intercede. It's something needs to happen. I need someone to stand in the gap. See this in Scripture where God, again, he chooses man. He chooses you and me. He, he, he chooses us, right, to, to do things on his behalf. Really, I'm, again, like, it's amazing. God would choose us. He's got so much belief in us, confidence in us that we can do it, that he chooses to use us, right? And then there's the reality, yes, if we, if we continuously don't obey God, and we don't often want to talk about this, God would choose someone else. You know, Reinhard Bunker, he said that God said to him at a stage, um, and it was a real fearful moment, God-fearing moment, where he realized and God said to him, Reinhard, you are my third choice to do what you're doing. There were two other people that I chose before you that said no. They'd, you know, and, and God would come and gently come and gently come, and he would ask and he would ask and he would ask. But if the answer from us is no, 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 at some point he, he has no choice but to choose. So that's also reality. I don't want you know, to give a sort of a cheap message this morning and say it's just, you know, you know, the grace enables us, and we're going to look at it in a second. But I'm going to read from Acts chapter 15 and verse 18. We need to come and learn how to connect to God as kings, where we come into his presence, and, and it's, it's now not about us anymore. We've, we've received what we need to. We've fulfilled in him. He's, he's, we, we've, we've decided to put his interests above our own interests, because if you've realized that in me coming to God, I'll always have needs. So God can answer this need and that need, and then the next day I come and I've got this need, and you know what? The needs will never stop. So you can be on your own needs focused the whole time. Again, why would God use us, right? We, we're just like needy people. We're needy beings, we need God the whole time. And so at some point you need to say, God, your desires above my desires. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's like, I feel like I'm dying because I've got these needs and now I need to walk away from them. And then you understand the reality of the cross, right? I'm sure Jesus had needs in going to the cross. But he said, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. And for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He endured the suffering. And so he chose to put God's desires ahead of his own earthly needs. And the scripture says it so clearly. It says, Jesus is able to relate with you and me because he went through the same challenges and struggles than you and I did. So he is able. He's the high priest. He is the high priest. So he understands the priestly role. But then he also understands the kingly role. And the king speaks by command. And so when we, when we come before God as kings, we, we're standing with, as kings, right? It's not like God expects of us to do these incredible things, but he doesn't empower us. We know 
All authority belongs to Jesus, and then he gives it to us. So we're standing before him with a, a, a new identity, right? We're not, we're not beggars in the presence of God. We're not beggars in this world. We're not slaves, right? There is a certain sense we are, where we are servants of God, amen, right? But, but we are kings in his presence, right? And then he, then he commissions us, but the commissioning is, it's not like a nice suggestion, right? It's not like, okay, God, you spoke something. It's really exciting. And this morning, I feel that what, what God started yesterday in that session with Heinrich um, is a continuation of that. And, and I remember one of the things that Heinrich said is, God, God wants to dust off all those old dreams, right? And some of us have dreams that God gave us, and, and actually it's instructions, right? We, we sort of um, keep it as these ideals, but... You know, because they seem so impossible to us, right? They seem so far out because it's not possible in, in my own capacity. And then God says, but no, I want you to do it. And it's a command, right? And so some of us are going to dust off those old dreams. And we're going to say, God, come and use me. Some of us, maybe you have never received the dream, right? And the Holy Spirit will come upon you this morning and fill you. And the scripture says that you will prophesy. You will dream dreams and you will see visions when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. All right? But we are kings in God. Acts chapter 15, verse 12. So here's just a little bit of context. Um, it's the Council of Jerusalem. And I said a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, there's this scholarly theory. It's not fact. But it says, uh, the theory is that in the first with the first church in the, uh, you know, the, the days of the apostles after Jesus had resurrected, um, most likely most of the people, and you see it also in the book of Acts, um, all the high priests, you know, they come to Christ, right? And, and so um, the, the scholarly position is that um, most people actually accepted Jesus eventually. But the big issue was um, the Gentiles, right? The big issue was, again, a racial issue back in that day, and that was the big split, right? And so some people accepted maybe that Jesus is the Messiah, but they couldn't accept Christianity, right, as, as, as the apostles demonstrated and the apostle Paul um, communicated um, the message of Jesus. And so here, again in Acts chapter 15, in the 15th chapter, the, the, the issue is still continuing. It starts quite early. Actually, it starts in uh, you know, Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is poured out and the people speak in all languages, not just in Hebrew, right? But the, but the people can understand. So the Holy Spirit actually reversed the curse that happened in the book of Genesis when the people... Um, could not understand one another. Suddenly when the Holy Spirit came, that curse was reversed and people could understand. The language of the Spirit made it possible for people again to understand one another. Isn't that amazing? And so the reversal happened, but in um, Acts chapter 15, um, the early believers are still catching up. And actually the apostles were actually still catching up. Because two men, Paul and Silas, went about and they preached the gospel Earlier on, a couple of chapters back, Peter had that vision where God said to him, go to the Gentiles. And he went to uh, Cornelius and he ministered the gospel. And so he had that uh, you know, assurance that God was ministering to the Gentiles. And here we pick up, and again, there's a big dispute. Um, the Bible is always understated, right? I don't know if you've noticed. The Bible says, you know, things, it plays it down. Right, um, and so it says here that uh, there was uh, no small di di um, dispute, which means it was a massive fight. Okay, so there was a massive fight um, about this issue, and so Paul and Barnabas came, and then then, then they say the following: Then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul, declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. 
And after they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophet agree, just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. So he basically refers to the mandate of the church. He basically refers to um, what God would do through a, a people that would be called by his name. Right? Christians. Christ-like people. Right? The, the church and the purpose of the church. Basically says, this is God's plan A. Right? And God has no plan B. His plan A is fallible people like you and me. With mistakes, with issues, with needs. Right? With hang-ups, with brokenness. Um, but He is available to help us in our in our brokenness and in our needs. But then, Acts uh, 15 verse 18, this is the, the crux of the message this morning. Then he says the following, Known to God from eternity are His works. Known to God from eternity are His works. Let that sink in a little bit. That is a... It's, it's a mind-blowing thing. So I'm, I'm always so aware that we are so limited in time, but God is not. He sees the beginning from the end, right? He sees everything plainly before him. Can you just imagine, right? In terms of a story, you know, he, he sees the whole story right in front of him. So that should put us at ease when we go to God, okay? It's okay. Right? Darkness is around us and it's quite overwhelming. It's quite intense. This, everything is just where we look, where we read, when we look at the media, there's just issues. Um, but, but God is, He's got a perfect plan. Amen? And God is not panicking. Right? It's not like God is, can you imagine? You know, God is not panicking. He's not like going in heaven and saying to the angels, what are we going to do? You know, especially that nation, South Africa. Things are wild there. What are we going to do? It's, God's not like that. And I think sometimes we live like God is like, God, have you heard what hap what's happening? It's, it's so, there's so much injustice. There's so much that's wrong. God, we better do something. God's already got the plan. God is already, and this is, this is the shift for me just reading this verse. Is not only does God see the beginning from the end, but he has planned his works. Known to God is his works, right? He's, he's already done something. It blows our minds, right? He's already done something to the issue that you are concerned about. I'm not saying that God is, you know, every issue, you know, is a God issue. God decides he's God, um, but, but he's already made provision for everything. He's already done the work. So you, me, our role when we come to God is as kings. You say, God, what have you done? Not, Lord, even what are you doing? I always pray, God, show me what you're doing. I think I should pray, God, what have you done? Right? He's already done it. Right? It's, it's, it's done. You know, in Jesus, everything is done. Isn't that exciting? Right? And so it's just us to participate. I'm going to... Do a bit of an illustration. Thanks, Ed. Can you help me quickly, Miguel? Okay, take that string and uh, let's pull it out a little bit. So this little string, why don't you just, uh, just walk a bit to the back just for the purpose of illustration. This represents eternity. Okay, so this is a, a plot of your life, Right? Okay, I think that, that, that should be fine, Adrian. You can just stand there for a moment. So I don't know if you, you guys can see, but there's a little orange line. You can see the orange line. I'll show you. It's, it's, it's there. Okay, so let's say this is eternity. This is 
is your life. This is your existence. But this is your life on earth. Okay? So that little line there is, is the end, right? But it's not the end. You know, I love how, you know, Jesus says, no, he's just sleeping, right? He's not dead. You know, he's, he's, he's going to wake up. And, you know, obviously Lazarus did wake up, rose from the dead. But all of us will be raised in the last days, right? So this is your life on earth. And so it blows my mind. And we, we need to, eternity, Ecclesiastes say, says God has placed eternity in the heart of man. We need to learn the discipline of accessing eternity that is in our hearts. Amen? And so, so much of our existence is about this little space, right? We're concerned about this and this and this. And, and some of us are living this whole period here for this period here when we're going to retire and when we're going to enjoy life, okay? For this little portion here, right? And we make such a big fuss over everything that happens here. It's just the beginning, right? And, 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 and the scary thing is what I do here will determine what happens here for the rest of my life. And so the worship again, we're just practicing for eternity. Because for eternity, we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. And we're going to ex experience more of him and discover more of his beauty and his glory. We're going to walk with God like we like Adam and Eve walked with God in the Garden of Eden. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be face-to-face -face relationship. The scripture says we, we see in part, we know in part, we, we see in a mirror dimly, but one day we will see in full, right? It's, it's going to be amazing. And so we make so much fuss. And so many times people would look at you and, you know, I don't know if you've had this experience. I've had it, you know, you make a decision and it's, it's not about this part. It's about this part. And then people would be like, you're stupid. You st why are you, you silly? And I'm like, no, you're silly. <laughs> right? You're silly. Look, look at this little part. And this decision, yes, I'm, I'm sacrificing maybe a little bit of this. But I'm going to have it for, it's not, it's not like I'm being silly or losing, I'm losing a, a little bit. I'm actually being smart. Right? It's just your perception is of this. Right? My perception is, you know, and, and, and we need to grow in this. I don't, I'm not saying my perception is completely. I'm, I'm trusting God that he knows the whole picture and that he will. Thanks, Ed. You can uh, roll up the string there for us. Roll it up. Roll up eternity. Right. So. It's actually so exciting, this life, right? Known from the beginning is the works of God. He's already determined it. And if you think about it this, this way, if, if you were to know things like God did, everything that would happen, your existence would be really boring in a sense, right? You'd know this will happen, this will happen. We get to discover life. We get to discover the works of God. Right now, there's something that God is doing, has done. He's determined. In this, in this meeting, he's determined and he's doing something. And you and I can discover what it is, right? And we've got a whole life, this holy adventure with God where we discover his works. He's busy. Amen. All right, so I want to conclude this morning and then we're going to just spend some time in worship and just engage with God, and some of us maybe going to come before God as priests. You just need that connection with the, 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 the high priest, sympathizing with your needs, with your struggles. Maybe you've had a dream from God and you're just so discouraged. You tried your utmost best, but you just ran out of strength. And God says, but I'm just going to come and I'm going to give you strength. I'm just going to come and I'm going to just be with you because you have maybe learned the discipline of being a king in my presence, but you've forgotten what it means to be a priest. Just to receive from heaven holy fire coming down 
as, as you present your offering, as you look heavenward. So some of us, God's going to meet us there, and some of us are going to engage him as kings, saying, God, give me instruction. I've got a hunger to impact this world, um, to see change, but real change. And I love how practical the Holy Spirit is. He comes and he, he gives us real practical solutions to real-life problems. Amen? The Holy Spirit can make a budget Make it happen, right? He can, he, can, he can help you find your car keys. I mean, it happens to me often. Actually, my little girl, Malaya, she's got the gift of finding stuff, right? Since she was a little girl, I would say, Malaya, pray and ask Jesus. And then she would say, Daddy, go into the house, into the living room, um, on the chair, the third chair at the back, on the bottom under the table, and there it would be, Right? Um, but, and a couple of times she would pray and then she would say, there it is, and then we'd, we'd find it there. Um, very practical. It's really helpful, especially if you're like me. I <laughs> misplace my stuff a lot. So, three Bs to conquering, to being effective in this world. I'm going to give you all, sorry, four. Breaking down building into, not backing down, and bearing down. Okay, so first one is breaking down, okay? Breaking down the obstacles in us for God's glory to shine through us, okay? And yeah, I'm going to just um, quote Corne Backer on Friday night. He shared such a powerful sermon. He says, um, a vision of God is the only antidote for envy. And his whole, his whole message was uh, what he described as uh, the worst of the worst sins, right? And he says, he's a scholar, he's a dean of, of Regent University, um, and he says for years he has taught that the worst sin is pride. The worst sin in man is pride. But he says he's come to believe through reading scripture and, and life, um, that the worst sin is not pride, but it's envy. That's the original sin. Satan looked at God and said, I want to be like God, right? And so that's, that sin in us as, as human, as fallible people that we compare and we compete and we want what we don't have. The whole thing of the grass is greener on the other side, right? And we, we, we need to allow that thing to, you know, to be destroyed in us so that God can use us. Otherwise, we use what God gives us to compete, right? And to have what we want. We use God and his gifts and his resources for, his, for our gain and not his gain. And that is one of the destroyers. But he says the antidote to that is a vision from God, Right? Seeing something in God and what God wants to do in and through you. So breaking down, breaking down that place in us that resists what God does. Then the second one is building into. Um, and yeah, I want to look at what Tom Smith says. He says, when you think of the word discipline, um, and he quotes, the, he, he, he showed us a little text message of, uh, his, his daughters in school, and he got a message from school, and the first word was discipline. And he didn't read the whole message, but he just saw that word discipline, and the text was, was chopped off, and so he couldn't see the whole message, but he was like, as a parent, he was like, oh my, what's, what's you know, his heart started racing, what's, what's his daughter done now, right? Discipline. Um, and the end of the story is that it, it was actually a very positive message. You know, she had positive uh, discipline points. It was just like an update. But he says, how, how strange is it that when we see the word discipline, we think of it as a negative thing. Discipline is negative, right? And, and he says, sometimes we think discipline is, a, as, is opposed to grace. Um, and, you know, it's either grace or discipline, but it's not both. And, you know, of course, you know, we, we equate the law with discipline and grace um, with not discipline, but it's not the case, right? That the law and discipline is not the same thing. In fact, in Christ, we are more disciplined. 
right? And he says, but we need to discover the rhythms of, uh, the disciplined rhythms of grace, right? That there's these rhythms that you and I need to build into our lives um, that would shape us, the disciplines of living godly lives, of connecting to God, of loving our enemy, the things that Jesus taught us, we need to discipline our bodies. Okay, so that's the second one. Is First one is break down the envy, break down the negative, build up the disciplines of the word, right? I could spend sermons and you can look at the conference to get the full messages of these. Um, then the, the third one is not backing down. Okay, not backing down. Um, Rick Russo says, I love that Jesus asks us to do what we can do so that he can do what he wants to do. So he uses this analogy of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Um, and then he quotes this, this scripture where Jesus says, um, to the people, roll away the stone, okay? Um, and then he calls Lazarus. But it, he says, well, you know, this is God, and he's about to raise someone from the dead. You know, surely if, you know, God could just, you know, Jesus could just click his fingers and the, the stone could roll away, um, or he could just speak the word and, you know, or the angels could come. But he could do something much more dramatic, but yet he says to the guys, you roll away the stones, okay? And then he calls forth, forth Lazarus. And so there's this invitation to partner with God. And so God, he says, I love that God allows us to do what, to allow me to do what I can do so that he can do what he can do, all right? Isn't that a beautiful picture? You know, rolling away the stone really will not fix Lazarus, right? But it's really necessary for the miracle to be completed so that he can come out of the grave and the gra grave clothes can be removed. So engaging with God in what he wants to do. Then the last one is bearing down. The pain that keeps us from staying the same, or, or when the pain that keeps us staying the same becomes more than the pain to change then we change. So the bottom line of this is we don't like to change as people, right? And sometimes life becomes really painful and we actually need to hit rock bottom before we are able to change. Amen? Before we want to change, really. And so God requires us to con continuously, consistently change. There's just one perfect party in a relationship with God, right? And then there's one imperfect party, right? And so we know that Jesus isn't going to change. So that means who needs to change? We need to change, all right? So it's a lifelong process where we're going to be changing, becoming more like God. Uh, our salvation, we get born again in a moment, but we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Until Jesus comes back, then we will be perfected, okay? But until then, it's a process of change. And so you can say, well, I'm going to wait for the pain of my current place to move me to change to where I should be. Or you can just say, God, help me to change right now and avoid a lot of pain, all right? Okay, so we want to choose to participate in partner with God and allow Him to bring change in us. Amen. Right, so the band, if you guys can please come up. I want us just to pray and engage with God this morning and say, God, and He knows where you are at. He knows what needs to happen right now that would affect eternity. Isn't it crazy? God can do something now that could affect eternity. Um, at the conference, my kids, the kids' conference, they got these little seeds 
right? And then the whole theme of the kids' conference was seed. So um, on a Friday night, they got these jelly bean seeds, right? So they could eat the seeds. And in the end, they got these, um, you know, these grass seeds that grow like really quickly. Um, they got like a little bowl of the seeds that grew. And it's such a powerful picture. God could plant a seed in you right now that could affect eternity. Again, crazy thought. Crazy thought. Just a little seed. And it might seem insignificant. It might just be a little something. But it's all God needs. And He brings the increase. And I shared, um, shared yesterday about um, the songs of the prophets. And this has happened to me so many times. God would just give me a download. Right? It's not something that I thought up, that I, idea that I had. And I remember in Safra and Manas at the back of the church I was worshipping. And I felt that we need to just do this worship event where we uh, a prophetic song. And I spoke to my friend, Johannes van der Sleis, and he says God had said the same thing to him. And that was the start of the Songs of the Prophets. Right? It's just a moment where we just came into the presence of God and God just gave us a little seed. And that seed grows. Right? And, and again, God is so practical. I love our sharing, the sharing that Megan did with the values. God is so into our practical lives, into our workplaces, in our workspaces. Uh, he wants to put seed in our heart that will produce lasting fruit. And you see, fruit is not just a spiritual something. Fruit is an actual quantity that can change people's lives, right? That can affect people's lives and affect the workplace. And so let's just yield our hearts. Would you just stand with me and bring ourselves to God? And I want to ask you, before we're going to pray for those seeds and come as kings before God, who in this place is a miracle worker? I need some more confidence there. We need more confidence, no boldness. Okay. Yes, Jesus is the miracle worker, but all of us, amen? All of us are miracle. If the Holy Spirit is in you, he can do miracles. Amen. And so God can do miracles and he will do miracles through us. So that hand that went up, that's a commitment. Um, I've got all the hands that went up. So let's just bring ourselves before God. And Lord, we, we thank you that you see us. You look down from heaven and you see our hearts. You see every one of us. You see our struggles. God, you see our pains. You see our in our hearts God I love that song where we sing you see the depths of our heart but you love us the same God you're not intimidated by what you see in our hearts but you also don't want to leave us there I want to pray there's two people here while every eye is closed there's, there's two specific people God says this morning is your morning he says that he can see your heart. There's one person, you have all these thoughts and you feel so condemned by the thoughts that you think. You're like, how can I be thinking this? And, and there's this real clash on the inside of you because you love God. You love His things. But at the same time, there's this, these dark thoughts in you. The good news is God is able to redeem. God is able to come and cleanse you. God is able to come and wash you clean. Able to remove those thoughts. Able to remove that part of your existence. Those thoughts, they don't come from God. But more than that, those thoughts don't come from you. Because you are a son of God. You are a son or a daughter of the living King. And so the good news is that God can remove those lies and those, those evil thoughts that are from the pit of hell. And this morning, He's about to do surgery in your heart. He's about to remove it in the name of Jesus. Someone else, there's this real heaviness over you. There's this depression, this depressive thoughts. And it's like um, there's these cycles when you come, when you come above the waters, where you, where you feel like, okay, I'm fine, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm clear and I'm, 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 it's, it's going to be 
good again. And then suddenly you just sink below and it just weighs you down. And these, these, these cycles, and God says, I want to break the cycles. I want to break the friction over you. This is your time. And God's going to give you very specific instruction of things that you need to do. And it involves people. I'm going to say this up front. Even before you respond, it involves people. And it involves inviting people into your life. And, and that thought is scary to you. But God says, you can trust me. You can trust me. If I tell you to go to someone, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And it's not a perfect person. But your trust is in me. And I am perfect. And so there's, there's that person. But there's several people. And God says, I need to restore your trust in people. Because you've trusted people, but you trusted them independent from me. Your trust was infallible people, but not in an infallible God. So trust me by trusting people. So I want to pray for you. If that's if that, that depression, won't you just show me where you are? Okay, thank you for that, Anne. All right. Okay, and the, those, those thoughts, you want to just separate from those thoughts. You want to say, God, come and do surgery in me. Thank you for that, Anne. Father, you see these hands. You know their cries, God. You know their prayers, God. And God, you are able. We, we declare and we lift you up, God, as the one that is able. And Father, this, this morning we pray a different prayer. And our prayer is that, God, you would reveal your glory. We pray that you would reveal your glory in the name of Jesus through these individuals. That you would come, God, and you would give them instruction. But this time, it's different instructions. This time, it's not an instruction of, of how you will be fixed. This time, it's an instruction of how God would be glorified in and through you. And so, Father, we, we thank you for that list. We thank you for that download right now. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and, you come and breathe over these your sons and daughters. And you come and lift off the heaviness, God. You come and bring them above waters, God. And Lord, you put them in the boat. You put them in the boat, God. And it's not like the boat is just a really comfortable place because the boat is it's quite rocky. God, in a sense that you just you're just sharing, God, your heart concerning your presence, God, that there's no equation. And this, I believe, is a word for someone. There's no equation. There's no this, not this idyllic place where you will be independent of Jesus because you'll be completely self-sufficient. Let go of that. That is not of God. We will, until Jesus comes back, and even in eternity, we will be dependent on Jesus. He is our eternal Father. He's not a Father just for a moment until we've got what we had to get. And some of you, the examples of your earthly dad was like that. You just came to your dad to get what you wanted, and then you left. There was no intimacy. Jesus says, I have made you for intimacy. There is no equation where you get what you want and then leave until you need something else. That, that doesn't exist. You need me. I am your comforter. I'm your helper in time of need. So thank you, Holy Spirit. We receive you. Won't you, if that's you, stretch out your hands. You need to restore your trust in people and, and your trust in God. Why you stretch out your hand and say, God, I receive you as the comforter. I receive you as the helper. Come and fill me up. Come and meet me where I am. Comfort me, Holy Spirit. Comfort me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your sweet presence in this place. Some of you, God has already identified, you'll know that you have a bit of business to do with God, but it is in a priestly role. You need to see Jesus. You need to connect with the high priest. But first you need to bring the sacrifice. Like the priests in the old days, they would bring, no one would come to God without a sacrifice. That, that, that was an insult. 
they would come and even even coming with an animal that was imperfect was an insult right God actually through the prophet spoke many times he says you bring me imperfect sacrifices you bring me your worst whereas Jesus deserves our best and so that sacrifice today is nothing less than your life Paul says says I'm a living sacrifice there's this altar of fire and I get onto that altar it's me I'm the sacrifice present yourself as a living sacrifice before God he's able to help you he's able to cope with your needs and your inabilities so if that's you I'm not going to lead you further the helper the comforter he will lead you further as we're going to worship now then those of us that are kings, God has identified you this morning as a king that would receive instruction. You're going to go from this place and you're going to accomplish something. You're not a one-man show. You need community, but you've been, be, you've been commissioned by the king. I want to pray for you right now while every eye is closed. If that's you, say, God, come and, come and send your seed, and I will look after your seed, God. I will, and some of you already, there's seeds in your heart. And you're just saying, God, I'm going to look after these seeds. I'm going to take care of them. Another group, you need to dust off those old dreams. Say, God, I take them out. All those hands, just raise them up quickly. We're going to ask God. Jesus, we thank you that you are the God and you hear our prayers. God, as, as, as Jesus said before he rose Lazarus from the dead, he said, God, I know that you always hear me. God, I know you see all these hands. God, you see all these, these, these commitments, eternal commitments, commitments to that dream that God comes to bring, that reality of God coming into our hearts with an instruction, with a burden. And God, Holy Spirit, we give you the right now to, to move us for your purpose, for your glory. Start something in us, God that would affect real change, affect real change to real 